Tere, and welcome to History of Estonia podcast, episode 24, Spiritual and Cultural Life in the 18th Century. The incorporation of Estonia into Russia did not change the local cultural orientation. Russia, which only recently started to aspire towards Europe, was culturally backwards and could not exert any significant influence on the Baltic countries. However, cultural contacts with Germany intensified. Young Baltic German noblemen studied at German universities. Many intellectuals from Germany found work in the Baltic countries, where there were lack of pastors, lawyers, doctors, and private teachers. Although the Baltic provinces were among the most developed regions of the Russian Empire, the level of cultural development in the Baltic countries in the 18th century should not be overemphasized. The devastating and destructive influence of the Great Northern War affected spiritual life even more than the economy, hampering the natural development of the local peoples for decades. After the Great Northern War, the Lutheran Church continued to play the central role in spiritual life, although in difficult conditions. Many congregations were left without pastors. Some of them fled, while others were deported. As the activities of Tartu University were discontinued, theological training also ceased, in turn making it more difficult to nominate new pastors. Churches were ravaged or destroyed in the war. Although state authorities acknowledged the leading role of the Lutheran Church in the religious life of the Baltic provinces, the influence of the church had diminished compared to earlier times. No bishops were appointed in Estonia or Livonia. In Livonia, the ecclesiastic superintendent general continued as the head of the church organization, while in Estonia, one of the councillors performed these duties. The interference of the nobility in church matters was very common in the first half of the 18th century, and usually the will of the nobility was forced on the church. Even during the time of the Great Northern War, a new religious movement called Pietism began spreading to the Baltic region from Germany. Those following Pietism were dissatisfied with the deepening conservatism of the Lutheran Church. They sought a deeper understanding of the faith in making life more ethical. In the 1720s and 1730s, Pietism acquired a dominant position among local pastors. While their energy and diligence, priests adhering to Pietism helped the Church overcome the crisis after the Great Northern War. Followers of Pietism also managed to bring Lutheranism closer to the people. One of their aims was to replace the earlier cramming of religious dogma with explanations in order to make them more understandable. The publication of religious literature was also, also reappeared. In 1739, a full translation of the Bible appeared in Estonian for the first time. The laborious task was accomplished by Anton Thor Helle, the pastor of Uri. 
as pietism remained basically within theological circles, it was the Hernhut movement that brought the ideas of pietism closer to the people. Through traveling German craftsmen, it arrived in Estonia in the early 1730s and was quickly adopted by the peasantry. The Hernhut movement preached piety, humility, and morality, as well as social equality and fraternity. Although the Hernhut movement did not break from the official Lutheran church, they formed their own congregations and chose their own preachers. Often, they even gathered outdoors. The biggest congregations built their own meeting houses. At first, they fought against everything associated with old beliefs, old places of sacrifice, ornaments, and objects of boasting, which were things like bagpipes and violins, were destroyed. As a result of the Hernhut influence, taverns were frowned upon, and many were closed as a result. Great emphasis was placed on morality. In Sarama, where the movement was especially strong, not a single crime was registered from 1740 to 1745. Within a decade, the number of congregations members increased by 10,000 people not counting the numerous listeners and sympathizers. Most pastors favored the Moravian movement, as this brought the people closer to the religion. The movement of the Moravians played an extremely important role by increasing the self-consciousness of the peasants. The rules of the congregations allowed all members to sound off, thereby offering an opportunity of self-realization. The requirement of equality, which forbade discrimination on the basis of wealth or social standing, also had to be met. In many places, the movement exceeded the bounds of religion, and members began pushing social claims. Talima Pop, a peasant from Rouge, preached that the power of landlords was evil and did not have to be obeyed. People must live as one friendly community with common property and common work. When they become strong enough, they would take over the manor's property as well. Those following the Hernhut movement often went to extremes in their demand for morality. For example, the aforementioned Talima Pop demanded that even married couples should not have sexual relations as everyone was supposed to live like brothers and sisters. As the church and nobility were no longer able to keep the Moravian movement under control, Tsarina Elizabeth prohibited the movement in 1743. However, the prohibition could not abolish the movement. In the early 19th century, a new wave of Moravian thought spread in Estonia. As the idea of the Enlightenment spread, a new religious movement called Rationalism gained popularity. The Rationalists looked at the sanctimonious nature of Pietism with taunting superiority. They set education and enlightenment of people as their aim. The sermons of Rationalist pastors often offered practical knowledge and clear advice. The rationalist concept of society was original as well. 
While pietism explained social problems by the poor sense of morality among the peasantry and saw redemption by total religious piety, the rationalists criticized the social organization of society, especially serfdom in the Baltic provinces. Johann Georg Eisen von Schwarzenberg, pastor of Torma, who represented the older generation of rationalist pastors, drafted several agricultural projects and worked out a plan to colonize free German peasants in the Baltic countries. Besides working on growing fruits and drying vegetables, Eisen was also the initiator of vaccinations against smallpox in Estonia, which was the most dangerous infectious disease of the time. August Wilhelm Huppel was a prolific man of letters who handed down valuable descriptions of his time to the people of today in his German collections of articles, topographic notes from Estonia to Livonia, and also Nordic writings. Huppel was also active spreading literature and organizing reading societies with Peter Wilde, a local doctor, he published the first Estonian language newspaper, Luheke Upitus, which means short instruction. The Great Northern War had a devastating effect on the state of education. There weren't enough schools, leaving parish clerks teaching both prayers and spelling as the only teacher. The school itself was usually housed in a farm building and was open only in winter months and only when the farm work slowed down and time permitted. In the second half of the 18th century, the first attempt at establishing compulsory education was made. The Diet of 1765 approved a plan of creating a school system. The plan, compiled by Superintendent General Zimmerman, provided the foundation for schools, not only in each parish, but also in bigger manners. But due to the indifferent attitude of the landlords, this plan was not fully put into practice. Many noblemen were convinced that the peasants' place was in the fields, thus needed no education to do such work. In 1787, Governor General George Brown again had to reassert compulsory education. In the province of Estonia, the process of establishing schools was even slower. Despite a loose network of schools, literacy made remarkable strides among the peasants. Children were mostly taught to read at home. Under these circumstances, the need for the Estonian printed word arose. The majority of publications for the peasantry consisted of the Bible, prayer books, and hymn books. In the second half of the 18th century, the availability of Estonian secular writing increased. The first known almanac for Rural Fold was published in 1731. The almanac of those days comprised of numerous instructions in many areas of life, such as farming, health care, and others. They also published weather forecasts for the coming year which the peasantry followed with great interest. Astrological advice was equally important. In 
The stories published in Almanac Tales were of special importance. For the most part, these were adapted from the German translations. A typical representative of such literature is A Nice Book of Tales and Instructions in 1782 by Friedrich Gustav Arvelius, which promoted obedience to the landlord and naively praised the humility of peasants. However, the life and instructions of Rama Yosep, one of the main characters of the story, who displayed undenying loyalty to his master, became an object of admonishment among the peasantry. Friedrich Wilhelm Willemann, the pastor of Caria, was more popular among the peasants with his popular stories, and his storybooks were often read until they fell apart. The poor economic circumstances after the Great Northern War hindered the development of architecture for decades. The only outstanding example of architecture in the first half of the century is the Palace of Kadriorg. The construction was commissioned by the central government and began in 1718. As for its architectural appearance, the Palace of Kadriorg resembled the palaces built during the same period in St. Petersburg and its outskirts, where regular French-style parks surrounded a palace built in the prevailing Italian Baroque style. In the second half of the century, increasing prosperity enabled Baltic German landlords to build fabulous mansions as well. The Manor of Palmsee is one of the best examples of the period's architecture. In the 1770s, a new classicist style gradually took the forefront in Estonian architecture. Buildings from that period bear traits of both Baroque and classicist styles. In 1773, the rebuilding of Tompea Castle in Tallinn was completed. In 1784, the Tartu Town Hall was finished as well. Classicist architecture, with its strict proportions, antique arches and columns, and, a, and an abandonment of the numerous details of Baroque, became predominant in the mostly rebuilt Tartu, which was heavily devastated by the Great Northern War and many fires. After the Great Fire of 1775, almost all of the city required rebuilding. The stone bridge over the Imayogi was built as a present by Catherine the Great. Also built at the same time are the university buildings on Tomemegi, which contributed greatly to the image of Tartu. The architecture was created by Johann Wilhelm Drause, later professor at Tartu University. This is where we will leave our timeline of Estonian history for now. In the next episode, we start to cover the abolition of serfdom in Estonia. And if we have time, we will cover the Napoleonic War in Estonia. Luckily for Estonia, the war never ravaged the land like previous wars. But due to the war's close proximity, it of course put a lot of stress on the local population. If anyone would like to give a suggestion for the show, or if you just have a question or would like to say hello, you can contact me at sparsleyw at gmail.com. And until next time, Nagamisini.